0: Hello, Marvel Lights. Welcome to this week in Marvel, episode number 147. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. And we have a very different kind
1: of audio setup here. We're not even facing each other, but we have our microphones. I can't so.
0: stand to look at you, Benjamin.
1: Wow, he's uh, he's been out in Utah, and it's changed him. Yep. Uh, he's I don't know. Are you Mormon now? Uh, I'm a little of everything. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's what
0: happens. Celebrate.
1: All the heat and, uh, dry weather. Yeah, but we're, uh, John Cerulli's on vacation, so we're using Ryan and John's office, which means I'm at John's desk, and Ryan's at his desk, and we've got our little microphone set up, so we're facing in opposite directions. This
0: is a big deal. This is the first episode, so a couple episodes oh, yeah. ago, I wanted us changed change to the microphones. Then... This Last last week I was like, we need stands for the microphone, yep. which is obvious, but Huge. Um, now we're using stands and it's just like, it, it's, it's a whole new world. It's like a real deal radio show now. Yeah. Hello! So, you already did that. I know. You do it every episode. Yeah, that's my radio voice. Oh
1: boy. So we got a lot for you guys this week. We got your comments are back. Uh, we got a ton of comics to read. We got news. We got the whole kit and caboodle here on
0: episode 147. Uh, how was your trip? It was good. It was good. It was for Disney Infinity. Um, Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes Parenthetical 2.0, yes. which is the official title. It is a bear, too tight. <laughs> um, it was a big Toy Box Summit. And Toy Box is like is this mode in Disney Infinity where you have all the, you know, they, they give you all kinds of toys and characters and backgrounds and, and landscapes and things to build. Your own level, your own game, really, because you can make like a tower defense game within that. You can make a... people were making pinball, which was neat. Um, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. It's really, really crazy, and they they brought out a bunch of people to to sort of play around with the new tools in 2.0. And these were all folks who um, had done really cool stuff in the first game. Uh, they were all community members, and they gave them like 18 hours to just make stuff so they were pulling all-nighters and they were going crazy uh someone did like this level that was about tracking down the infinity gauntlet and going to thanos's uh throne room and like all kinds of cool stuff there there was uh, a level inspired by the final battle in captain america the winter soldier which was super cool uh there was one that was about groot it was really great uh there was there was a really cool one that had no combat And it was just a level where the premise was uh, a giant earthquake hit uh, Disneyland in the future. uh, And at this point, in this fictional future, there was a Marvel land. So a giant earthquake sank it, and it was underwater, and you have to explore and figure out what happened. Uh, And it was like... like the premise was the Avengers have to go in and find out what you know look for clues and it was great because it was really it was kind of spooky it was it was really really well done it was like a father and son duo who did that too there was a lot of great ones there Um, we have we did a bunch of interviews and podcasts uh, out there so you'll start hearing that on the feed uh, coming up closer to the September 23rd launch of the game
1: yeah we're gonna have a ton of infinity stuff coming up and something we're really excited about it's you know Chance for us to integrate with a property that's already huge, and you know a lot of honestly since we merged with Disney back in what two thousand nine, two thousand nine. A lot of people have always asked, like you know, when's there going to be some sort of interaction? And this is this it because you can actually play as Disney characters in Infinity, you can play as Marvel characters in Infinity. So it's going to be something really cool. And I am personally excited to actually see the stuff you guys brought back, um, and to hear the stuff you guys brought back.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Before
1: we get there, we have a bunch of comics to cover this week. It was an interesting week. Um, A lot of the heavy hitters had the week off, and I kind of like weeks like that because it gives some of the books we don't maybe talk about as much a chance to shine. And with that in mind, why don't you kick us off, Ryan?
0: Yeah, we've got all-new Ghost Rider, number six. Um, This is written by Felipe Smith with guest art by Damon Scott. That's actually not guest art. That is new art by Damon Scott. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Trad Moore is uh, headed
1: back to his independent where He kind of came in to help him oh, launch the man. book. Yeah, it's a tough loss. He's still going to be doing covers for Secret Avengers, and hopefully he'll be back somewhere down the line, but he is, uh, he's taking a little hiatus. But Damon Scott, comics veteran, very oh, yeah. cool. Uh, I think he's going to be doing it for the time being.
0: His art fits right in. It's you know a cool urban vibe. There's a lot of um, like graffiti-inspired stuff. If you're a fan of Jim Mafood, uh, you'll love Damon's work here. Uh, and he does great stuff, cool layouts. He really he takes everything that Trad did and, and gives his own spin on it, but still makes it feel like it 's the same book, which is great. Um, it, you know This is a story of s- everything sort of settling down after the events of the first big storyline um, where you 've got Robbie who's you know he 's starting to get himself settled with the ghostwriter or entity, uh, Eli as it 's called in the book yeah. um, no last name, yeah no last name, uh, but he's doing street racing and getting a lot of money and actually able to take care of his brother a little bit better, uh, which is really sweet like everything bad that happens to characters in comics it 's nice to see something at least temporarily like going well for these characters you know it 's a nice family yeah.
1: it 's kind of a relationship we haven't seen before yeah. this a lot in Marvel where it's you know brother and brother, and really you know Robbie is the dad in this family yeah I mean, he's the father figure he's got so much on himself he's really I, the thing i like about Ghost Riders, i've said this a couple of times to me it is like he's in a weird way a modern day peter parker um so much of the power and responsibility stuff's there but also just the the family dynamics and everything else it's like it's taking the heart of peter parker and transplanting it to present
0: day but also into completely different like socioeconomic situation totally uh and it works 100 percent. and uh it's cool this is this new arc starts to ramp up as um the effects of mr hyde's you know drug ring i guess yeah uh are, are felt and it's sad and a bummer and uh it's going to be very violent coming up i can only imagine yeah over in the Ultimate
1: Universe, All-New Ultimates number 6, written by Michelle Fief and art by Emil Carpina. This is the culmination of everything that's been going on in this book. Spider-Man and the rest of the Ultimates take on the Serpent Squad, Serpent Skulls, as they're called in this universe. Uh, you would see a lot of Ultimate versions of, as I've been saying, a lot of different uh, Mark Grunewald characters from the 80s, including Scourge, Crossbones, all these dudes. It's basically just a fight issue. It's a chance for Emil Carpenter to show off his art. Bombshell finally gets hers after being kind of screwed over and seeing her boyfriend get killed. Kitty Pride has an interesting beat. Scourge and Spider-Man have a nice interaction. Cloak and Dagger have to make a big sacrifice. Big stuff for all the characters. Um, full disclosure, we don't know if there are any more issues of All New Ultimates <laughs> coming out. Um, this one kind of wraps a bow out. It says the end at the end. And... One of the things about working here is we get very wrapped up kind of in the day-to-day. We don't always check the solicits like you guys do, so we don't know if there's uh, an issue number seven coming. But if not, this is a tight little collection. Uh, it was a nice story from start to finish. I think Michelle Feef got to tell the story we wanted to tell. It had a nice little war at the end, and it leaves these characters in an interesting place for the future. Yes.
0: Uh, on to all-new X-Factor number 12, written by Peter David, and art by Carmine D.J. and Domenico, with colors by Lee Lowridge has Carmine done every issue of this nope. book?
1: Yeah, I say it every time. It I was going to hopefully
0: you said this time. Is a beast. Yeah. 12 issues so has good. not missed an issue. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Uh it's a great issue. Um uh, there's a and you know not missing a beat in terms of quality at all because it's no. so good. This issue is I really dug this issue because it's a cool down issue. It it feels like a classic X-Factor issue and like after all uh, the the hullabaloo previously now you get a lot of the characters, uh, mingling, talking, uh, relationship building, um, you know, stuff coming to light. There's a interesting gambit moment, tons of Quicksilver stuff for all you, uh, Quicksilver fans out there. We've got, uh, Danger and Warlock having their moments together. Um, we've got the, you know, these new characters involved in things there. There's a press conference is really the basis of it. And it's the coming out party for X Factor, yeah. uh, Which is a
1: nice throwback, because if you remember in Peter David's original X-Factor run, and Lorna even references it here, they had a press conference like the third issue in, and it was a big turning point for the team.
0: Yes. Uh, We get the return of two characters in this issue, so I won't spoil those, but it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Daredevil number
1: seven, written by Mark Wade, art by the departing, very sad, Javier Rodriguez, uh, who we have praised both as a color and a pencil a colorist and a penciler he is going to be heading off to do his own work though he's going to be working on uh axis hobgoblin so that's cool stuff but he i'll take it yeah he's going to be penciling i think he's a great talent so i love seeing that goes out with a bang here part two final part of the original sin crossover for daredevil uh, matt murdoch's mother maggie sister maggie has been shanghaied off to wakanda By Shuri, the current Black Panther, or one of the Black Panthers, who is ruling Wakanda right now. So Matt goes after her. Uh, It's it's a lot of hullabaloo with Wakanda is basically making military deals. Shuri trying to do the best thing for her country. Shuri's really interesting in this issue. Um, She's not a villain, but she's definitely kind of... The extension of Black Panther that T'Challa never went to. So a Black Panther who is totally devoted to Wakanda yeah. um, by any means necessary. Uh, and that's kind of, it, it's, it's true to the character. That's kind of who the character's always been. Getting a see her in this role, I, I liked it. I like how Mark Wade took her on. And she's a very, very capable character. Um, so basically, Daredevil, I love that he gets dropped off in the jungle and acknowledges immediately that he's useless in a jungle. Because mm-hmm. he, can't, he can't sense anything. Uh, comes up with a clever way to get to the capital city. The whole first part of the issue is, this is it's, it's basically two issues in one. It's like the first part of the issue is him trying to get his mom back from the Black Panther and using all the tools at his disposal, both physical and otherwise. And it's a clever story in and of itself. And then you have a whole other story, which is Maggie finally explaining why she left the Murdochs all those years. And it is, I mean, you guys know that Daredevil grappled with cancer last year. And this is another very serious issue handled very deftly and um i actually ran it by my wife who is a labor and delivery nurse because it has something to do with uh postpartum um and she said it it was very true to form um it was very well portrayed um but it's a heartbreaker it's a
0: really touching story it's really hard to read
1: but you gotta like they they talk about on the letters page it's it's kind of immense that mark wade I mean, Mark Waite can do whatever he wants. He's Mark Waite. But this is a story that basically, like, Frank Miller introduced this character of Maggie in the 80s. And she was untouched for about 20 years. Showed up again one more time in the Kevin Smith run. Maybe had a couple minor appearances. But basically, the whole question of where she went, that's been lingering over Daredevil for, like, 30, 40 years. Yeah. So to say, I'm going to tell that story, take some, some chutzpah, and then to pull it off, well... Again, that's why Mark Wade is Mark Wade. So, just a hugely impressive issue on all fronts. Yeah, and it's beautiful too, obviously.
0: All right, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu issue number four. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm bummed because I did not <laughs> want this to end. No, um, what a what a wacky, weird, fun series, right? Like it's just it's super fun, super exciting. Uh, it's it's great because. Well, Mike Benson's a writer. Tang Huat is on pencils, um, but you don't need to know anything about Shang Chi to enjoy this because everything is laid out for you. It's, it's very uh, Benson and Huat have done a great job in, in telling you know the story and the connections between all the characters and why this matters and how you know Shang Chi and, and these other characters fit into the larger Marvel universe because you've got MI Six in here or MI Thirteen.
1: Both of them, I think, right? Yeah. No? Maybe? No, I think it's MI6.
0: Which one think. is the Marvel one? they thirteen both. Is...
1: Because MI13 is the superhero one, and MI6, I think, is like the secret agent one. So I think this is MI6. Right. They're... I only know this because in last week's issue of X-Force, the two of them got into a fight. Because remember, <laughs> Pete Wisdom comes down, and he's like, oh, bloody hell, MI6, why are you <laughs> handling this?
0: This is superheroes. This is MI13 business. Right, right. Well, anyway, you've MI got... something. All that... You know, in here, uh, you've got Misty and Colleen, which I always love seeing them. And um, it's, it's, it's a rough issue in the, in the sense that a lot of emotional stuff yeah. happens here. A lot of big moments for Shang-Chi and the supporting cast happen here. The villain, Razor Fist, who, you know, always baffles me how he I have lives no idea. I don't
1: know.
0: There, uh, something happens to him and you're like, all right, that's gross. That's great. Maybe for the best, though. Sure. Yeah. I hope he has like he becomes like Kitten Fist or something now. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I anyway. Like, I like you also mentioned Colleen and uh, Misty. There, cause have, there's some line in there. I forget who says it. Because they're there, and they're the daughters of the dragon, and the sons of the tiger are also there. And yeah. someone says, like,
0: oh, the, the sons and the daughters. daughters. Yes, it's great. Uh, that but makes, it,
1: That's what makes me happy.
0: Yeah. And it's cool because it sets up, uh, you know, it leaves everything in a place where this could be picked right back up. People can use this in other stories. It's a great Uh, It's really fantastic. Solid, solid four issues. Highly suggest you get on that. Okay, Deadpool,
1: Dracula's Gauntlet number seven, written by Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn, art by Riley Brown. This is the conclusion to the collection of our uh, infinite comic, Deadpool, the Gauntlet. Deadpool has his final showdown with Dracula, and it's super bloody. Um, (laughs) And the way Deadpool ends up winning is great. It's clever and it's gross. Uh, It's very funny. He gets the girl. And then we get to have a whole nice second story of basically the whirlwind romance of Deadpool and Shikla, where at the beginning she's like, I don't know, was this the right choice? It's told from her point of view. Takes her all over New York City and all over the Marvel Universe. Great cameos from guys like Doctor Strange and Deadpool's supporting cast. Just filing off jokes. This was a lot of fun. Great introduction to the Deadpool series, and uh, great things to come from this creative team on this character.
0: Yes, uh, Deadpool versus X Force number three. This wacky, wacky series by Dwayne Straczynski. art by Pepe Laraz. It's—I don't even know how to describe this. It. De- Deadpool. This is a Deadpool before he knew Cable. Yeah. Goes back in time, uh, and Cable knows that he knows
1: him, but. He knows i think he knows him by reputation and Or then, I don't know you might know him he's from the future so yeah he knows everyone it's a uh, theory it,
0: there's a lot of time travel craziness in this issue. Deadpool takes over cable and they they're back in time and various eras and the x force members or i guess unless they were yeah just starting to be x force members yeah they,
1: they were like in between new mutants and x force yeah proto x
0: force right uh <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff going on lots of battles very funny quips between deadpool and cable uh lots of action and, and time travel shenanigans is you know dominoes in 1863 and yeah. uh boom boom and cannonball are stuck in 1777 and about to die and uh then deadpool goes is in 1900 then he goes here and he goes there
1: and at Don't the forget end the great gag of cannonball trying to outrun an actual cannonball and saying something about, like, I can't help you right now. I'm, like, fleeing from irony or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, super weird, super fun. Definitely check it out.
1: Electra number 5 by Hayden Blackman and Mike Del Mundo wraps up the first arc of Electra. They have finally found Cape Crow, and he's an interesting character. Um, but Bloody Lips, our new favorite villain, is right on the tail of Electra and her young charge. She learns that... Something she thought from previous issues was not the case. Someone she thought was responsible for messing her with her was not the person she thought. There is battles between Elektra and Cape Crow, Elektra and Bloody Lips. Uh, there's another great—I mean, there's every page is a beautiful Mike Del Mundo montage—but there's another great double-page spread where he really kicks it open. It has, like, shows like Electra's nightmare life, including this horrible version of the Kingpin. Um, just awesome. And puts a nice little bow on this story, but puts a new status quo up for Electra where she is now going to have much more to deal with. And immediately, she's going to have Lady Bullseye to deal with. Oh, and I also really like the way Elektra uh, calls back to her famous fight with Bullseye, where she died, and how she has taken measures to ensure it will never happen again. Yeah. Pretty cool. Magneto number 8, written by Colin Bunn. Part by Javier Fernandez. This is the last issue before March to Access begins. I actually spoke to Colin this week uh, in a podcast that should be live right now about Magneto. A lot of fun. Um, Magneto basically marches into this warehouse where these guys are cooking um, MGH mutant growth uh, hormone. Yeah. And he tries to kind of, like, intimidate them and just be like, look, I'm I'm Magneto. Like, this is a stupid move on your part. Just stop doing what you're doing. They won't listen. It escalates. Shield gets involved. Again, we get to see Magneto using his reduced powers at an awesome rate. And then there is movement because Magneto makes it out with something or someone that's going to advance his cause as far as uh, what he wants to do moving forward.
0: All right. Mighty Avengers, number 13, written by Al Ewing, art by Salva La Roca. Um Love, love, love this. Uh, this is one of my, probably in my top five books, maybe, oh, wow. Mighty Avengers. I really love it. Uh, this one, you've got the team coming together. You've got uh, Luke Cage's dad coming to to see the team and says a bunch of words of inspiration that gets everybody moving because uh blade is locked in the lair of the death walkers uh he's been drained of blood to help fuel a ritual we get a great flashback to uh him talking to his his lady friend spitfire um you know it's a really sweet moment uh, and then blade's just like damn it i should have listened to her it was yeah. great um but the, the team has to go save him and in turn stop this epic ritual that will turn these Death Walkers into something far, far worse. Uh and will they succeed, won't they? Who knows? But you got the dialogue in this is so good. The uh, art's Ewing great. Knows, presumably. Yeah, I mean oh. Al, Al, Al might Maybe know. Al. Might know. Uh but it's great. I love all these characters, especially like Luke's dad and Kalu. Oh, I love Luke. Luke's cranky old dad. He's so great. All right. Don't fuss. He talks <laughs> like
1: an old man. It's perfect. Like, the, Like the, this woman goes over to, like, just say, like, oh, my God, are you okay? And he says, don't fuss, which I feel like that's all old men say that. Yeah. Right?
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll know someday. Someday. Soon enough. Uh, <laughs> Too soon. Ms. Marvel number seven by G. Willow Wilson and art by Jacob Wyatt. Jacob just doing... Bang-up job filling in for uh, Adrian Alfona or, or following up on Adrian Alphona. It's a great team-up. You've got uh, Kamala and Wolverine in the sewers fighting a giant, like, alligator. Giant, uh, it has a word, like, mega gator or something yeah. like that. Uh, but it's Sharknado. super... Sharknado. Yes, it's a Sharknado. Uh, super cute, like, little moments in here that... Uh, that Jake does, Jacob does with facial expressions for Kamala. Uh, it's just hilarious. A great use of her powers, uh, and I love the way Jubilee Wilson explains, like, you know, her healing factor and how it makes her really hungry and tired yeah, yeah, to yeah. use it, and like certain things that she does. Yeah, and they're very real
1: stakes—not just stakes, but just real limitations on her abilities.
0: Yeah, it, it's great, and she she seems like she's learned a lot, and it's been a, a really cool team up with Wolverine. Um, and it wraps up, and, you know, it's, it's great. I won't tell you how it wraps up and what it all means. But we also get to see um, how she fits into the greater tapestry of the inhuman universe. The
1: inhumanity of it all. Mm. Okay. New Avengers number 23, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Kev Walker. And this, the premise of this issue is just gold, and I loved it. So last issue, they had the fallout of Namor destroying a world. And then this issue, we find out there's another incursion coming. They have kicked Namor to the curb. And so finally they're just accepting, you know what? They go, you know what? We're not going to destroy another world, so this is it. This is the last day of the Marvel Universe to the Illuminati. And we get to see each of them go to the people who matter most to them, or in some cases just doing what they want to do. And this is like this is how Hulk, Black Panther, Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, Beast... And Black Bolt spend their last days on Earth. And the cast at the beginning, uh, you get to see all these, like, random characters on, like, the recap page. And I was like, what? How are they going to fit in? And part of me was kind of like, I wish this had been a surprise. But on the other hand, it was kind of cool trying to try think where they're going to fit in. So just going beat by beat, um, I love this. Bruce Banner goes back to the bomb site and just drinks a beer. <laughs> um, Beast, maybe my, one of my favorites, Beast calls in Young Beast from the all-new X-Men. And says, I need to talk to somebody about this, and who better to talk to than myself? Um, And at first, it's pretty funny, but it's also really sad when Young Bees lashes out at him for a very valid reason. Seriously, he's like, you're a jerk. Yeah, you're the worst. Doctor Strange has a conversation with Wong that just breaks my heart. Um, Tony Stark, maybe the most interesting just monologues to himself about how they, couldn't, how they couldn't defeat the incursions, and then just pours all these shots of alcohol and basically says, like, I can't defeat the end of the world, but I can beat you, and just looks at all the alcohol. Just these great, like, one- or two-page vignettes that are awesome. I'm not going to spoil the Black Panther one, because I think it's it came out of nowhere for me, mm. and it was really meaningful. And then Mr. Fantastic... Hick-Soo. They haven't seen Valeria since um, since she went off to live with Doom and basically just goes to see his kid and just says he wants his whole family to be together. Um, and I thought that was really touching. Then you just get this countdown where it's just... Oh, and Black Bolt's on the moon screaming. Um, you just get this countdown where it's like 50 seconds, 40 seconds, 30 seconds. It's just like, holy crap. And I'm like, I'm reading it. And I'm like, I know this isn't the end because I know we're still publishing comics, but it's still... <laughs> It's a testament to Jonathan Hickman's writing that he, he, he got me. I was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Then spoilers, the world doesn't end. <laughs> uh, the Illuminati gets back together, and then the last three pages of this issue may just be the most kick-ass, like, holy crap reveal of why the world didn't end, and just status quo changing. These last three pages just blow it all up, and then this last splash. is just insane. Kev Walker did a great job on this issue. Not much more I can say. I walked you guys through the issue, but I promise you I did not do it justice. Pick this one up.
0: Yeah. Um, My turn? Your turn. I'm next.
1: next. Still going. Nova number 20, uh, written by Jerry Dugan and art by David Baldion, who's really coming into his own. Um, David Baldion, when he first came on Nova, I didn't know how long he was going to be on. I'm glad he stuck around because he really made this book his own. Uh, really adept at drawing the alien stuff. Really good with depicting Sam Alexander as a teenager. And really nails the new Nova costume uh, in a way. I, I love how it, it, doesn't, it, really, it doesn't look like a costume. It looks like this organic thing that's just part of him and the way it comes off. That's true. So Sam and Rocket Raccoon have been poisoned by his dad's crooked ex-Nova partner. So <laughs> they need to find a way out of the situation. They utilize some old friends, some new technology... They think and fight their way out of it. It's just the colors and the craziness of all this. It, it It's a good feel for someone who just saw Guardians because just all the different aliens and uh, the feel of nowhere and all that. And then we also see where Sam's dad's at. And what's going to happen next is Sam going after his dad, I think. I don't know. We've been waiting for it. I think he has to go and deal with stuff on Earth first, but I'm just kind of like... Just go get him already. Yeah. This is, come on. Get out, been, out there. It's been 20 issues. Get out there. Yeah. Is. As his
0: dad would say. Yeah, that's what he's
1: been saying the whole time. Yeah. Get
0: out there. Get out there. Uh, Original Sins number five. This is, man, this is a hmm. crazy issue because you've got three, three stories as Very usual. Different. A lot of stuff. Uh, the first story is going to break your heart.
1: Oh, oh god. I forgot about this for your a second.
0: I totally heart. forgot about this story. Uh, it's written by Al Ewing who, yeah. man, that dude is having a year. Yep. Uh, art by the amazing Butch Geis. Um it it centers around uh Nick Fury and Dum-Dum Dugan and I am saying nothing Yeah, more. that's all you can say. That's it. Um holy crap, I read it and I think I read it right away again. I cause think I blocked just, it out actually.
1: When uh, you just brought it up, I'm like, "What are you talking?" Uh, oh god, that.
0: Oh, I'm crying. Um, and then we got the wrap up. Weeping right now. Yeah, we've got the wrap up to our Young Avengers story by Ryan North and Ramon Villa Villa Lobos. There you go. Uh, which was terrific. Uh, they fight the Hood. They beat the Hood. The Hood escapes. You know things that happen. But it's great. I love the dynamic of this team and the way that Ryan writes them. I I need a Young Avengers ongoing by, by Ryan, Ryan North, North.
1: And, and Ramon Villa Lobos. Villa Lobos. It's like the permanent. Co-host of Straight it. Shoot with Aubrey Sanderson, <laughs> I believe,
0: <laughs> Just throwing a plug out. There. So good, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Aubrey. Um, and then you wrap it up with two pages of nonsense, yeah. amazing, amazing nonsense by Chip Zdarsky, uh, who is weird and funny yeah. and just writes some twisted, great stuff in here. Uh, obviously, uh, it's probably not in continuity but it's just a great story. Two pages, gonna make you laugh because uh, you're gonna need it after that first story. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Savage Wolverine,
1: number 22, written by John Arcudi, art by Joe Canones. This continues from last issue. It's set in World War One. Wolverine fighting for the Canadian army, working with this weird proto-mutant telepath. Uh, something weird's going on with his dreams. He thinks he's imagined this German officer. He's got to fight, and he... Kind of goes at it with him and then has an interesting resolution with him, too. The art is just beautiful. Joe Canones, I want to see him doing more stuff. Um, and it, it just a just different kind of look at Wolverine, particularly in wartime. Again, this may be the last issue of Savage Wolverine. I'm not sure. I never know if it's the last issue of Savage Wolverine. Because I do know Savage Wolverine's ending. But I don't know how many issues are left. So every time they finish the story, this could be it. So stay tuned. See if there's any more Savage Wolverine in our future.
0: Yes, uh, Secret Avengers number seven. I friggin love this book. Such it's a good book. So crazy. Now you were saying about Mighty Avengers. Like this is one of my top yeah, books. It, yeah, it's in my. It's in maybe top five, top ten. Uh, Aleshcott wrote it. Michael Walsh is killing it mm-hmm. on art for this book. Uh, Matt Wilson on colors. Um, you've got Deadpool who has his uh, his. His group of aim agents, like his sect of aim <laughs> agents, um, that they've captured Hawkeye. And it's hilarious, and it's super weird, and there's, like, the fourth wall gets exploded about a million times. in this. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's decimated.
0: Uh, it's terrific. While well, that's going on, you've got... I mean, he has a, converse- he has a running conversation with Alshkot about
1: yeah. the issue.
0: And it's funny, and it's Very great. Funny.
1: Uh, Very funny. Well, Very self-deprecating. Too. Yeah, yeah.
0: The uh, on the helicarrier, you've got Maria Hill, Spider Woman, and Vladimir, the sentient bomb. You know, talking and getting getting real deep. Um, you get to see what's going on with Nick Fury and Colson. I love what what Coulson is up to in this issue. It's super uh, unexpected. There's a soundtrack that Alesh writes for this issue. Yeah. Um, terrific all around and. Um, it wraps with uh, what we expect to be a big revelation for the characters coming up, uh, and you know we talked about the the postpartum uh, situation oh, yeah. in Daredevil. Uh, this really touches on what Coulson's going through, which is PTSD, mm-hmm. um, which you know is not a joke. It's it's something that is, you know, he's dealing with, and I think that we it will be handled yeah. and continue to be a big deal for. For Colson throughout this series.
1: Yeah, Alsh actually writes a lot about it on the letters page. Yeah. Uh, about how, you know, this is kind of a the series has a lot of jokes in it, but this is something that's taken seriously and you gotta read the whole story. So yeah, the even the letters page is worth a read in yeah. this book.
0: Um, over to Storm Number Two by Greg Pak and Victor Ibanez. Storm
1: number one was one of my favorite single issues of the year. So yeah. I was very interested to see how this follows up and I'm I'm glad it
0: lived up. Yeah, it, it's great. It really it it centers around um storm and uh wolverine like hanging out being all romantic and cute and so lovey-dovey just it's terrific so weird
1: for me to see them together why they've been together for like a couple years now but i'm just like here's the thing not to not to go off on a rant but it's like they were they've been together in the x-men for years and there was never really any romantic undertones then i feel like it just
0: happened Sometimes that happens. I then. guess.
1: I guess that's realistic. I, yeah. I kind of felt like it should have been a
0: bigger, epic deal, but maybe you're right. You know, like those things just happen. You've been through so much with yeah. someone, and then you're like, wait a minute, minute. It's still I weird for me. see them in
1: a new light. I, to me, it's still like seeing a brother and sister dating. That happens in real life, too. That's true. You can't,
0: Yeah. you know, it, it is what it very is. Rea- this is the most <laughs> realistic depiction of dating ever. <laughs> um, but, all right, so we got that, and then uh, Storm goes off on a mission. We get the return of... And it's not really a spoiler because she's on the cover, yeah, Callisto. Uh, but it's really cool to see where she fits into this and what's going on. And um, I love this because it's another one and done story, but it feels like a bigger epic tale. Yeah. Uh, and you know, between this and um, the the book you're going to talk about, Death of Wolverine is going to be real rough for a lot of people. Yeah, man. This this book came out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: There's always I, I love it when an issue comes out of nowhere. I didn't even know this was out. And this happens a lot with annuals. So it's Wolverine Annual Number 1, uh, written by Elliot Kalin, art by Jonathan Marks, um, beautiful cover, I think, by Dustin Nguyen. Um, so Wolverine and Jubilee are on a camping trip with Shogo, um, which Wolverine hates because he doesn't want Shogo there. But Jubilee is just
0: bonkers in this issue. She's but awesome. He, he wa- he's trying to teach Jubilee. Right. Like he's, about who he is, about how to hunt and track, and, yeah. and you know, like it's a bonding thing, but it's also a learning experience. He's basically anticipating the
1: fact that he might not be around much longer, and he wants Jubilee to be able to take care of herself. Um, which is just funny because he doesn't take into account the fact that you know she she's been taking care of Shogo. I think this is a this is a awakening issue for Wolverine that he realizes that Jubilee is not the kid he's known for all these years. She has grown. So on the other end of the spectrum, you have this couple, um, this military couple, where the wife outranks the husband. Speaking of PTSD, this guy's got all sorts of things wrong with him from the war. Um, And they're out, also on a camping trip. And you're like, how are these two stories going to possibly interact? Um, Wolverine and Jubilee meet up with this pack of
0: wolves that Wolverine knows. They're buddies, they're friends. Well, he's run with the wolves yeah. for many years. For many and years. And he's, like, seeing them grow up in yep. different litters and different, you know, generations. And yeah. they know his scent. I think, uh, I
1: think a wolf, I think they're a pack, not a litter.
0: Well the the they're litter not, they're not pu- puppies, right? When no, with different litters as they, you know, when a, a litter is born mm-hmm. and then it becomes as they grow older when they run together they're a pack.
1: I don't know wolf dynamics as well as you do.
0: But uh let's get Patrick on the line. You just
1: uh, <laughs> no. Uh we'll get him later. Um but yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to explain. It's just like you, you got these two stories just great narrative. Elliot Clan who is a uh, head writer on the Daily Show, yep. known for humor and there's some humor in here, but it's mostly like really Character heavy stuff with Jubilee and Wolverine with these two people who are trying to get their life
0: together. There was definitely a part in the issue where I went, Oh no, yeah, like you, you knowing what is pro- what could potentially happen, right. I was like, Oh god, no.
1: Well, the thing is that this couple comes across Wolverine, Jubilee, and this pack of wolves with this baby and reacts pretty naturally as any people would yeah. that holy crap, there's some like beast man, a vampire teenager, and a bunch of wolves, and they got a baby. <laughs> We need to save this baby. So Wolverine and Jubilee become the bad guys of the issue, for a second at least. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You can't really fault this this human couple. They're just like, they're doing what anyone would do. Yeah. And from there, it becomes Jubilee and Wolverine trying to rescue is probably the wrong word. They're trying to get Shogo back from these people, but they're not really like trying to rescue him. It's just like the art, too, by Jonathan Marks is just like, Wolverine looks like this crazed beast man and Jubilee just looks insane. It's like it's hard. Like look at this page where she's just jumping at you. It's like I I, I at times I was like, I don't even know who to root for here. Yeah. Like I know Jubilee loves her her child, but if I were in this position, I would be like, get this kid away from him. And then yeah, like you said, by the end of the issue, um a lot of roles have been reversed, a lot of things have happened. Wolverine's learned a thing or two about Jubilee. He has a new kind of respect for her. But again, yeah, right there on the cover, one month to die, it's just like you, you think like how, how is Jubilee gonna cope with Wolverine being gone? How are all these people gonna cope with being gone? Yeah, you're like issues like this and the storm issue really make that story just feel bigger.
0: It reminds me of the art in that what if from when we were younger, where Sabretooth uh, gets loose inside the X-Mansion mm, yeah. and he goes after Beast and yeah. Jubilee is, has to is the only one who can stop him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that really like there's a very scary vibe in this. Uh, yeah, this it's, issue.
1: it's kind of painted. It may be painted. Yeah. I don't know. Um, shout out to to because you said it on Twitter. This was this was one of the last books Tom Brennan worked on. It was the last book Tom Brennan mm. worked on. Uh, former editor. Fantastic. though. So good. Good way to go out.
0: Time to that's pick.
1: It. Yeah, that's it. That's all the books we have this week. Sorry, Ooh. guys. I don't
0: this don't is. Apologize yeah, you don't have to apologize. Uh, this is a tough one. Really tough. You know.
1: Really tough. I'll. I thought about it. So I'll I'll start. Um, um I had a lot of stuff in the mix, but Wolverine Annual, which just read is in the mix for me. Daredevil strongly in the mix. Um just a notch above, I'm going to go New Avengers. Um I could read that issue again and again. Just flipping through it right now. I want to read it again now. So
0: New Avengers, my pick. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Original Sins. Nice. Uh those two bookend stories are incredible that I love, and the, the, the <laughs> Young Avengers is so good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'll take it. Good. Good pick. Good value pick,
1: yeah. as they say in the world of fantasy sports. Sure. It's not, it doesn't mean the same thing, but oh. whatever. Yeah, okay. I think I had a draft on. Collections <laughs>
0: on sale yeah, for please, this week. We've on. got Captain America Epic Collection, Volume 12, Society of Serpents, Daredevil by Mark Wade Volume 6, Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen, The Complete Collection, Volume 2, Loki, Agent of Asgard, Volume 1, Trust Me, Punisher, Volume 1, Black and White, Winter Soldier, The Bitter March,
1: and then on the app this week, we've got everything we just talked about, also on sale, Daredevil, original series, issues 9 and 11, so probably filling in a long-awaited gap there, and then Iron Man, the original series, we've got 154 and 155. 168, 205 and 206, 209, 211 through 224, and 233 through 235 as we continue to be baffled by how the Iron Man whole filling works over there. And then collections on the app, Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 7, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Revelations, Avengers Assemble Volume 5, Captain America Epic Collection Society of Serpents. Loki, Agent of Asgard, Volume 1, trust me, I love that title, because it makes me think of Jake the Snake Roberts, Um, Uncanny (laughs) X-Men, The New Age, Volume 5, First Forsaken, Punisher, Volume 1, Black and White, Winter Soldier, The Bitter March, X-Factor, Volume 14, Super Unnatural, and X-Men Masterworks, Volume 4. What is X-Men The New Age? X-Men The New Age was when Claremont came back in the mid-2000s with Alan Davis, Um, And for some reason, the entire run that he did has always been collected as Uncanny X-Men the New Age. Because these are, it's been reprinted a bunch of times. It's always called that, and I don't know why.
0: Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Available now on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Avengers Assemble, number 24. Avengers World, number 3. Captain America, number 17. Daredevil, number 36. Dexter Down Under, number 1. Disney Kingdom, Seekers of the Weird, number 2. Iron Man annual number 1, Marvel Knights Hulk number 3, New Warriors number 1, Night of the Living Dead number 3, it's nope.
1: Night of the Living Dead Deadpool. Oh,
0: number sorry. Three. Yep. Night of the Living Dead Deadpool number 3, <laughs> Nova number 13, Punisher number 2, Savage Wolverine number 15, Superior Spider-Man Team Up number 10, Uncanny X-Men number 17 and X-Men number 11. So much stuff. Mm. Uh, ben, what do we got for news?
1: Spot of news. Hello. Uh, we showed an all-new Young Guns sketchbook with Valerio Schitti, one of our favorites. Showed uh, never-before-seen character designs for New Avengers. Now, this is something we're going to be doing a lot of. We're really going to lean into the all-new Young Guns in the next few weeks. We've got sketchbooks for all of them. We're going to be doing podcasts. We record our first one today. A lot of those should be very interesting because they're international and not everyone speaks English.
0: Well, so, today uh, we've got Dave Marquez, from well, Texas.
1: A, yeah, a nice, easy kickoff. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, we're going to try to do Valerio Schidi. We're going to do Sarah Pacelli. We're going to be all over the place. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Pair of stories I did with Brian Michael Bendis talking about the upcoming Planet of the Symbiote's arc for Guardians of the Galaxy, where actually Valerio Schitty is going to be doing the art on that. Oh, nice. And for the first time ever, we're going to see the planet that the Venom symbiote is from. Brian was very, he researched it diligently and saw that even though there was, because a lot of people brought this up, there was a crossover in the 90s called Planet of the Symbiotes. Uh, It was in the Spider-Man books. And everyone was like, well, haven't we already seen it? No, that was a world that they took over. It was not where they're actually from. Uh, Brian has anticipated this because over a decade of getting skewered by internet fans has made him (laughs) hyper (laughs) aware of fact checking. Uh, and then we also talked a little bit about his upcoming All-New X-Men arc, where the All-New X-Men are going to the Ultimate Universe. Mahmoud Azrar is drawing that one. He's even coming on that book. We showed some of his art. And this sounds really fun. Brian's been talking about it for a while, how this is his um, Asgardian Wars. just oh, nice. dropping. He's going to drop the kids off, and they're all going to be at different locations. There's a chance to use all the different characters. It's not just going to be Miles Morales. You're going to see the X-Men from the Ultimate Universe. You're going to see all sorts of different characters and locations. should be a lot of fun.
0: Love it um and happy birthday to mr bendis who celebrated his birthday last week yesterday a
1: hearty 25
0: yes doesn't look a day over 13 um what else we talked about my infinity trip Mm -hmm. uh we released and mark and patrick i'm sure we'll get to it Released the first image from ant-man uh it's paul rudd in a hoodie looking awesome with the golden gate bridge behind him um We've got uh, – we, we announced obviously started production on that. Lots of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news. Holy crap. This oh. cast is getting insane. Oh, my God. And I don't – oh, wait. No, the news is out. Adrian yeah. uh, Palicki – crazy man as mockingbird bobby morse i was just i
1: am currently in the midst of rewatching friday night lights which she was on and was brilliant on and i'm super excited about this casting
0: yeah we we watched the first season of friday night lights we need to get back to it yeah it's too much time too much tv uh but yeah she's gonna be great on that and uh i know her you know where she is in the show and it's it's pretty cool um but yeah there's lots more to come i think uh, there's another bit of casting we're going to announce, which is going to make people go,
1: what? So like in recent weeks, we've announced that Xena, uh, <laughs> Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks and Tyra from Bright Night Lights are all going to be on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. That's quite a mashup for TV fans. Like that's across the board. Yeah. Something for everybody. I love it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hell yeah. Plus the characters are already on it.
0: Yes. It's crazy. That's great. Um, Yeah, very cool. Lots of stuff coming up. All right, let's kick it over to Mark and Patrick for whatever they've got going on over there. Who knows?
2: Hello there, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor, Mark Strom, and... Assistant editor, Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromie and the Wolfman show. Which, we've never quite explained why it's the Stromy and the Wolfman show. Nor will we. No, we won't. We'll just leave that in I mystery. don't want to
3: explain how you got the nickname Wolfman. <laughs> and how I got the nickname Strommy. Anyway... This week, of course, we've got some big news. Patrick's going to kick us off with some cap. Did you guys see Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier, in theaters? Yes, of course you did. And now you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home, legally. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, is now available for HD digital download. Uh, You can go to all of your digital download providers and purchase it iTunes, That's a place where you can buy it. Amazon. Voodoo. Voodoo. Yep, check them out. Check that out. And that reminds me, though, since Captain America the Winter Soldier is now in home digital download release in HD, do we have another movie coming up? Does Marvel Studios have any movies that were about... To start working on? That was the most awkward segue to get us to talk about the fact that
2: Ant-Man started production that I'd ever heard. But what Patrick is getting at is Ant-Man started production this week in San Francisco. They'll also be shooting out in Georgia. Um, But yeah, we announced a bunch of new cast members, including uh, Bobby Cannaval, Judy Greer... John Slattery, Greg Turkington, T.I., um, a few more than that even, I forget. There's I'm forgetting. so many people you in it. <laughs>
3: there's a big movie. There's lots of people. You can, you
2: can read the full list of everyone in the cast uh, on Marvel.com right now, as well as checking out the first image of Paul Rudd as Scott Lang.
3: Sometimes I call him Paul Studd, because he's, he's a handsome guy. You're outdoing me in the terrible jokes
2: department, Patrick. I don't appreciate that. So check out all this right now on Marvel.com uh, In other news, other movie news... Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, still in theaters. We released this week an interview that I got to do with the co-writer of the film, Nicole Perlman. We talked with her about how she first got involved in the Marvel Studios Writers Program that ran from 2009 to 2011, and how she started first developing the idea for the film, all the iterations of the team members, they went through all sort of the MacGuffins the different plots and how she basically got to spend two years just reading comics and writing Guardians of the Galaxy which um I mean I know I wouldn't mind you yeah. know
3: well too bad they already did it the one time so you missed out shoot Anyway, we also released a third behind-the-scenes
2: featurette that focuses on the costume and props of the Guardians. This one specifically focused, I believe, on a lot of the makeup and the special
3: effects makeup. And, and spe- even more specifically, focused on Ronin and Nebula and the Nova Corps and just kind of fleshing out uh, some of the, the props and wardrobe of characters that aren't the Guardians themselves but just kind of helped make the universe look that much more diverse.
2: And we also released a clip that I think everyone who has seen the movie knows what we're talking about when we say Dancing Groot. We released that clip of Dancing Groot. I won't say much more about that since you know maybe there is like one listener on here that hasn't seen the movie yet and we don't want to spoil it for them
3: and i think it's really helpful that we've released the clip because now there's a lot of animated gifs popping up all over the net for you tumblrinos including a gif that we released ourselves that you can check out on
2: the guardians twitter exactly And, finally, wrapping up all the uh, Benicio Del Toro news. (laughs) Wrapping up all the Guardian's news. This week in Benicio Del Toro. We... What do you think of Excess Baggage? we, We had a... Uh, Interview with Benicio Del Toro from the film. Of course, he plays the collector. I got a chance to sit down with him a few weeks back and talk to him sort of about the inspiration for the character, his look, his manner of speaking, all of that good stuff. Elsewhere in movie news, a number of Marvel stars have taken the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, which, for those of you that don't know, is sort of a campaign that's going on all across social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, in which anyone, not just stars, can take a challenge where they dump an ice bucket of water Ice bucket of water? A bucket of ice water. A bucket of ice water. That's what you said. That's exactly
3: what you said. No one can deter you. Bucket of ice water. You challenge
2: three other people, and you can also donate to the ALS uh, Association. For more information on all this, you can go to the ALS Association's official website at ulsa.org, I believe, or ulsa.com. dot com. Or org. Try them both, um, and you can check out the videos right now on marvel.com. Uh, of well, first off. Walt Disney Company CEO Bob Iger, who was the one who sort of started it with Marvel by challenging uh, Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr., they both accepted. And over the course of all this, James Gunn, Dave Bautista, and Tom Hiddleston have also all accepted. And who knows, maybe more will come. All right. Switching things over to the realm of TV, we had some big news in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, including the casting of Adrian Palicki, who fans and myself will know as Tyra Collette from Friday Night Lights. She will be playing Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird. She will be appearing in the upcoming season.
3: We can't really say if she'll be friend or foe to Coulson. You will have to... Tune in. Tune in on Tuesday, September 23rd at 9 p.m. on ABC. Thank you, Patrick.
2: We also showed off a new billboard that's appearing here in... Los Angeles that has that cryptic writing that Coulson was doing at the end of last season. If you remember, he was sort of scratching these weird... I don't even know if you'd call them writing. I guess drawings? These weird designs and
3: symbols? Uh, We're not sure what they mean, but... We're not sure what the billboard means other than it's promoting season two of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiering September 23rd, Tuesday, at 9 p.m. on ABC. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Kavanaugh.
2: Yes, yes, We, uh, you can check out that billboard on Marvel.com right now. And finally, wrapping things up, I'll probably regret doing this, but I'm going to kick it back to Patrick for some news on Ultimate Spider-Man.
3: Well... Ultimate Spider-Man, you guys might be familiar with. We've got the season premiere on August 31st of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors at 9 a.m. on Disney XD. I know what you're thinking. That is at least... Sometime in the future, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. So be listening on Thursday. It's like nine days in the future. But even if you listen, because you can listen to it after August thirty first. Point is, if you're listening to this podcast in a timely fashion, then the episode has probably not premiered yet. So if you're just really hankering for for old webhead, we've actually made the first episode of Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors available on iTunes for free. That means it does not cost anything. You can go, you can download it, you can watch it, but I've got some bad news. You're just going to want to watch even more, and you'll be able to tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Disney XD to get your Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors fill. And
2: I should also add in that this episode is only available until August 31st, and it is actually only the first half of the season A big old two-parter. Because the season premiere is a two-part event featuring Spidey and Loki and shenanigans.
3: All sorts of hoopla, if you will. Okay. And goings on.
2: Yep, I was correct. I regret kicking it over to Patrick. I apologize to the listeners. Anyway... With that, we're going to wrap everything up, kick you back to the fine fellows in New York who will hopefully entertain you better than Patrick and I have. Until then, we wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again in seven more days. All
0: right. Thank you, fellas, or one of you, whatever you guys have done. Yeah. It's great. job, guys. Yes. Uh, time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Again, reminder, you can send in your questions and comments using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. We'll get to it in two weeks' time when we do another one of these. Next week, we have our TWIM URC over the first six issues of Squadron Supreme. I yes. was pulling some of those in this morning. A lot of activity. People are uh, reading it. and oh, cool. You know, uh, a lot of jokesters. Oh, uh, a lot of pranksters a lot of pranksters oh great so we'll, we'll get to that Can't next wait week for that uh and a reminder again if uh if you like the show, rate it review it uh give it some 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 positive vibes on the itunes uh, the the fine folks at iTunes ha- are are gearing up to get us some more promotion and mm-hmm. you know give us some more spotlights, which was great because I didn't even have to ask for it they just wanted to do it uh really cool of them uh so we appreciate that we love you iTunes. Love you, iTunes. All right, Agent Twim says Runaways is so good. I just finished Volume One. I need two and three now, and get that movie back in production. Um, I mean, it was
1: ever in production,
0: so we can't yeah, it wasn't get it back in anything. It might have been in development, but yeah. like an Agent M movie could theoretically be in, in development. Doesn't mean it's ever going to get made. It as we speak, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Andrew Wagner says, Part One. Uh, after listening to the podcast with Bill Roseman, I'm interested in reading some uh, Adam Warlock. Any thoughts on where to start, and are there any cool team-ups worth checking out?
1: I think, like we said last week, the uh, recently released Adam Warlock by Jim Starlin, or Warlock by Jim Starlin, you can't go wrong starting there. Yeah. It's kind of his seminal appearances. It's where he really became the character who would be used in later years, and it goes right to the end of his 70s run. And then, of course, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I
0: mean, that was where I was first exposed to Adam Warlock, was in Infinity Gauntlet, um and it's it's great it's you know gets you going very easily and that gets you right into warlock and the infinity watch and then infinity war and all the stuff that happened to him in in those few years um yeah. disappeared and then again get back into annihilation yeah. conquest and the books that come after that you got plenty more
1: yeah the kind of nice thing about adam warlock um i mean if you're a reader looking to get into him is he really has like Three distinct periods, and he's completely inactive, yeah. other than that. Um, so it's like, read the, read the early Starlin stuff, and then he's gone for twenty years. <laughs> read the Infinity Trilogy, and then he's gone for ten years, and then read Conquest and Guardians, and you can you can read almost every Adam Warlock appearance probably in less than a couple months. Yeah, great character. And
0: then you're gonna be like, what's up with the Magus? And then, yeah. then you just get like sucked into a, a trap of chaos and amazingness
1: and the Goddess oh uh, well yeah The goddess we yeah. don't talk about her we
0: don't talk about the goddess okay. too much
1: gunhild skilled holy smokes i didn't know this was out yet and she is looking at oh captain america the winter soldier
0: yes norway and uh uk got their dvds and blu-rays now uh digital is out yeah digital is out mm. i need to get it i think september 9th so september 9th for, the Blu-ray for us and dvd
1: here yep very exciting also from Gunhild, I looked up the pluralization of Wendigo in a dictionary. It's Wendigos. Hashtag you're welcome. Well, a long-running This Week in Marvel <laughs> Mystery finally put to rest. Where did you look it up? Was it like... Yeah, what dictionary is it, has Wendigo in it? Yeah. Well, I guess it's actually a common term, though, because it's, it's Yeti. It's, it's, a, it's not just a Marvel Universe though. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's, we didn't come up with it. Damn. Okay. Unfortunately. H.W. View, Twim of the Week, not Twim of the Week, but Twim of the Week, (laughs) was Hulk 5 by Duggan and Bagley, first salvo of the Gamma War. This Hulk is playing for keeps. Mm -hmm. But the holy S-word
0: moment of last week was Thor defeated by a Whisper and became unworthy. That that was huge. that is a huge deal. If I was still running the Wizard Press guy, I'd be like, this issue, hot, hot, hot. Who is running the Wizard Press Guide these days? The ghost of uh, Mark Allen Haverty. Oh, boy deep that was a deep cut right yeah, there yeah it was infinity watcher this week's
1: app of this week in marvel podcast one of the best loved the history lesson by the breakville Wells, by the great bill roseman all my galaxians go download now that was last week was honestly one of my favorite episodes we've done yeah that was a that was in a, in 147 plus whatever others we've done of these. that was a good one
0: Yep. Uh, Jim Radloff says, With Drax available early, I now have every character in Marvel Avengers Alliance. Now to grind for CP to get costumes.
1: I am only missing Volstag and Star Lord. Hopefully, I'll have Star Lord soon.
0: I should have Star Lord soon. I uh, don't have Volstag. I missed Cannonball. I don't have Sandman. Cannonball's great. Shut up. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Uh, but I I am trying to get the I'm trying to get Drax leveled up so I can get yeah, me too those uh, simulator costumes. I'm on yeah
1: I'm on level five and I'm to the point where they said they you you need yeah, to be level six. I was like oh, oh you're right because eh, it takes so long. <laughs> yeah, um, getting yeah, I'm there. A, I'm in the same place with Rocket too actually because Rocket's uh, got his simulator costume and I have him at level five too so I'm at the same. place. Oh I see I'm, I'm
0: at, level at level like eleven with Rocket so he's in a I much better can, place. Yeah I just got
1: Rocket pretty recently. Yeah, I, yeah, I love using cannonball but i love using groot um yeah. just because of that you
0: he's impossible to kill pretty much you can't <laughs> kill groot which is awesome yeah uh kieran dockerty says amazing spider-man 5 was awesome can't get enough of cindy moon solo book stay tuned dun 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 that seems like it could be something hmm Kyle Charles says, I take back what I said about everything I said about Tony. <laughs> he's actually a good friend to Bruce. Yeah, and this no. goes back to the original Sin storyline between uh, an, Tony and... He's an okay-ish friend. And... Yeah. Uh, Kyle says, Avengers Undercover has so many twists, it hurts my brain, but in a good way. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. people turning on each other. Uh, Kyle finally says, so does Storm have two kids currently running around in the main Marvel universe? There's Thinking of Chimera. Chimera's From one. X-Men. What I would the know other what the one other be? One is. Oh, uh,
1: in Avengers World, her and Black Panther. Oh is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. true.
0: But yeah. there there are two alternate reality future yeah. possible versions. And so. both
1: of Storm and Black Panther, I think, cuz I think Chimera's Black Panther's kid.
0: Is she? She's got a
1: giant panther, so I'm assuming. Mm. But I could be Doesn't, wrong. Mm. I don't think it's been definitively yeah. said. I always just kind of assumed the, you know, sure. The big cat meant... <laughs> She's probably Black Panther Ernie Ladd? As well. Yeah. Hey. Ernie Ladd, may he rest in peace, accompanying uh, Chimera around the Marvel universe. Uh, ten twin great. points
0: to anyone who gets that. Yeah. Yeah, we're really going <laughs> going
1: deep this whole episode. <laughs> Call me underscore L Z. Have the cuckoos always had telekinesis or is this new? One used it to spill a bowl on young Iceman and all new X-Men number thirty. I think they've used it before, but they tend to lean heavy on the telepathy, so we don't see it a lot. Hmm. Um, A lot of telepaths eventually develop telekinesis. It's just a thing. You know. It's just how it works. Yeah. Penelope Cat, totally agree with New Mutants on the top 80s debuts list back in the day when there were no X-Men spinoffs. Rogue's debut on Avengers Annual 10 by Claremont and Golden belongs on every top 10 list. This was our top 10 80s heroes list from last week, uh, which ended up being one. No surprise, because it's a list on Marvel.com. And it's the same people voting all the time by Kitty Pride, <laughs> who wins all of our lists whenever she's on them. Man, someday we're gonna have uh, fan voting uh, available, and we'll see and what. Maybe we want to. Yeah, maybe Kitty can finally get knocked off. I she wasn't my number one. My number one was, I was either Elektra or She Hulk. I can't remember. Mm. It was one of the two. Better a Bill taking number two was kind of a pleasant. Upset. Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had Elektra and She Hulk, who were three and four. I think were one and two for me.
0: Yeah. Raph AB says, I'm going to tear your head up and put it into orbit. Dr. Midas says that to the orb. Great pun. Ooh, Intentional? I'm yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, RAF also says, President Snowden, that's freaking me out. Seriously? Hashtag Avengers. That board. was a neat little
1: throwaway yeah. we didn't really talk about. That, I great. that. Uh
0: great. Rob Nolan, Raph Gamlin, says... <gasps> Death Cry, a terrible 90s Avenger, perhaps misunderstood, ill-timed, too young but terrible. I already replied to this on Twitter. I just wrote terrible. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rob says, Avengers of Undercover 8 was my Twim of the Week. I'll be sorry to see the book go. It's been one hell of a saga. Yes, sir. It's been a great run. Rob says, I didn't read Conquest for the Book Club, Boo. but loved the podcast with Bill Roseman. Yeah. Those arcs are some of my favorites of all time. And Rob says, it was awesome listening to Bill giving some history to his part in the rebirth of the Marvel Cosmic Universe.
1: Absolutely. Star-Lord UK, another excellent issue of Deadpool. Can't wait to see Wade meet his family. Greatest show of Inhuman this week. Like watching Game of Thrones, but instead of swords and dragons, we have fire and lightning, all kinds of awesome powers. And what an ending to Cap. Did not see that coming. Steve may be older, but he can still fight.
0: I would love to see an Inhuman's HBO show.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's made for TV.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's not TV. Yeah. It's HBO. Oh, it's
1: HBO. Sorry.
0: At least in this, t- in this discussion.
1: It's showtime. <laughs> Simon Sebs, I wonder what kind of music Captain Marvel put on the mixtape at the end of issue six. Hopefully no Bieber or dubstep. Well,
0: funny enough, Yeah. we actually are in the process of working with Kelly Sue to get a list of what's on the mixtape and a little thought behind each of those songs. Yeah. And spoiler, she already told us there's some Lila Cheney on it. Yeah. Which I'm most excited about. Now we need to get someone to record some Lila Cheney songs.
1: Yeah, someone should be Lila Chaney. Yeah. That's something that needs to happen. Set,
0: Seth Lehman, who's uh, one of our VPs and lawyers, he is working, he's trying to ramp up what we do with Marvel music. Yeah. Uh, so we give him a big list of different artists who like Marvel. Mm. Uh, I think that's a thing. We should put out a Lila Cheney record. Yeah, who's going to be the voice of Lila Chaney? Whoever, whatever pop stars are listening Pat to Pat Benatar. Perfect.
1: I would love just yeah. What's Pat Bentar doing these days?
0: I don't know, How being much? awesome somewhere. Yeah,
1: probably. Uh Stella Rose One, X Men eighteen is my twim of the week by a mile. I wish it said by a country mile, I like that <laughs> expression. Everything about that book is perfect, loving the new creative team. That is uh Mark Guggenheim and Harvey Tolabau.
0: Yeah, good stuff. All right, Uh, Tech Lord says, if Thor loses Mjolnir in Original Sin 7, but Cap's young, and Cap's old, and Thor has Mjolnir in Captain America, Mm -hmm. and Hulk's not smart in Original Sin, nor Captain America, but got smart in Original Sin 5.x, when does Cap age? In the issue he ages it. Comics.
1: Don't think too much about
0: it. Yeah, I don't stress on it. It all works somehow.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. It's all comics. Oh, wait, but Tech Lord has an explanation. I think this is easy to explain. Wolverine broke time. So did the time gem. Duh. Yep. Boom.
0: There you go. Done. Comic book. No prize city. Yes. Uh, last one of the week, we've got Will Blatman says, thoughts on SummerSlam? I didn't see Nikki turning heel. Also glad Cena lost clean. Jericho Wyatt, best match. Uh,
1: did you watch all of SummerSlam yet?
0: Uh, I've watched most of it. Uh, okay. i watched enough of it where I've, I'm good. Yeah. I, uh,
1: I don't think Jericho Wyatt was the best match. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I wasn't. I'm not, I wasn't too into the Jericho Wyatt feud. Um, I totally thought Nikki was going to turn heel to the point where my wife was half watching me on the computer. And I said, Oh, Nikki's going to turn heel. And she said, do you know, she kept going to me, do you know that? Like, did (laughs) someone tell you like, no, no one told me like, I'm like, you know, it makes the most sense for the storyline for all these characters. I was like 25 years of watching wrestling has taught me that (laughs) if there's a tag team and one of them leaves and the other gets beat up a lot, they're probably going to turn on them. So I did see that coming. Um, cena lesnar was entertaining but also really disturbing yeah it was uncomfortable yeah especially all those german suplexes i don't like seeing guys getting dropped on the back of their heads because it's dangerous because
0: yeah i mean that there were there were like three of them of the ones that i could see really clearly where he landed roughly yeah where like i i would be concerned for for him
1: it made me nervous but brock just turned it on man his yeah Zombie sit up, when he's oh, doing a laugh. Oh,
0: but the yeah, the look like his eyes go bigger, yeah. and then he starts laughing, and his tongue is out. Oh, you like, crazy! Oh god, this guy's a nightmare. Yeah. I would say my match tonight was actually
1: Rollins and Ambrose, just because I lumberjack matches are usually not good. I didn't
0: watch that one. Oh, I have to go back and one. watch that one. Yeah, they found a way to make a good lumberjack. That's match. That's great. Really Their match game. on Raw was terrific Insane last like, night. Yeah. They stepped it up, and they, I was like, okay, Rollins, Ambrose, yep. you know, headline Raw, we'll see. And then I was like, whoa. Well, that that's going to sure be one of the interesting things now that Lesnar's Champ, and I'm kind of excited Lesnar's Champ
1: because it's so different. Yeah. But you're going to see the last segment of Raw is not always going to be the same people. You're going to see guys like Ambrose and Rollins or other feuds kind of step up and uh, get the main events a lot. So I think that's really cool.
0: Is Ambrose going to film a movie? Yes.
1: He's filming a WWE film, so he's going to be off for a little bit. So is, I think that's how they wrote him is out. Is he just playing himself in, like, a wild man role? I can't imagine who else he will play. <laughs> we got an int- My wife and I got an interesting discussion last night where I said he just looks, like, kind of unkempt and, like, homeless. Yeah. And she goes, no. Nah. She goes, the way he has his hair styled over to the side like that, she's like, he's trying
0: really hard to be Justin
1: Bieber, <laughs> which is why I love watching Raw with my wife.
0: Yes. Um, did you download WWE
1: Supercard? No. Come I on, Ben. I was riding the train this morning, and I was like, I was almost out of Comics to Street, and I was like, ugh. that's when I realized I'd forgotten to download it, because I was like, I could have played this the whole train ride right into this morning. Man. So I'm going to do it tonight. Yeah. Got to do it. I will try to remember again. Yeah. I really want to play that
0: game. Yeah. I, I wish there was a mode to, like, trade cards, because I would give you a bunch of, the like, the rare cards that I have that oh. I haven't used. I thought you were like, I would give you a bunch of, like, Eat Slater's. No, I would no. give you good cards. Okay, I would I not know. give you a Heath Slater because I would keep all the heaths. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep all the heaths and the hoard, bows. Hoard the heaths. Yeah, yeah. I, I sadly used up my Virgils, my uh. pro Virgil. Uh, you were so proud of that too. it was great such a coveted possession I'm sure you'll see him again alright yes awesome enough about this let's Uh, wrap this up wrap it up we'll be back with uh, another episode next week with our TWIM URC Uh, keep sending in your tweets and that's about it bye guys this is Marvel your universe